It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Today's guest is another Run Happy teammate of mine. Uh, We ran together at the Run Run Happy Hype Fest. Oh, I gotta say that three times fast. Uh, you get paired, we got paired up and, uh, had an adventure that we got to do. And Amanda was one of my teammates on that adventure. So it was super fun. Uh, and we got to know each other and I was like, I got to have you on the podcast. And so, uh, through, through scheduling, we, uh, you know, took a couple of months to get it going, but here we are. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda Cates, not cats. Cause she said that her, a and her name is soft. So Amanda Cates is what it's going to be today. <laughs> Don't I tell me I want to do something because I'll do it. <laughs> I regret nothing. Thank you so much for having me on, Justin and Robbie. I uh, uh, I think it's uh, such a fun opportunity to just get to have an, an honest conversation uh, about all things running and not running uh with two of my friends from from the pod if you will so thank you for having me on <laughs> from the pod i love it i love it i love it well uh let, let's jump into brooks a little bit how long have you been a, a brooks run happy team member one year oh so you're first year, year with me okay yes and yes what, what I, has your experience been so far with it really positive i feel like every i've only gained friends from the experience and ton of really great gear i think it was a natural when i applied initially for the run happy team it didn't it felt like such a natural fit for me because i was already decked out in brooks myself um so when uh i was accepted i was like man this is a win this is such a win. This is such a win. And the community is, is like a bonus. Yeah. That was one thing that I noticed. Um, obviously, you know, the community was there, but I don't feel like you really got to experience the community until you went to the hype fest. And uh, like, I, 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 it's just so hard to explain. I'm speechless, honestly, but I mean, the gear is fantastic and the support that we get, um, offline is fantastic, but just like you said, the community is something that's so special with this group of people because they're, they come from all walks of life. I mean, you have ultra marathoners who, um, who collect buckles and then you have, you know, a vast majority are, you know, your road runner, half marathon marathoners, but then you have your like 5k, 10k and like everyone is celebrated the exact same. And I, I just think it's such a special place. And, and you know, Egos out the door when you go when you walked into the hype fest and everybody's like, yeah, I'm the first year too, so I didn't know anyone. I knew a few people that I you know met online, but like I left with like 170 friends, and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever, and it's it was such a cool experience, and I'm really glad that I got to do it, and I'm uh, fingers crossed I get to go again next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, you know I wouldn't. I'm I'm saying this uh, honestly. I wouldn't blow smoke up a brand's tush 
had um you can say whatever you want on this podcast so (laughs) (laughs) we don't hold back so go for it (laughs) and and there and and you hit the nail on the head they're such a welcoming brand and really they 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 don't just put out a performative message uh they they walk the walk they're incredibly inclusive and they only strive to be more inclusive with their products what i love is that they involve us every month in on a town hall call, anything from product design to um, events going on in the cities that uh, they have their, some of their uh, flag flagship stores. Um, It's just, they're a great brand. Like how I I think to myself, like, damn, how'd I get so lucky? So (laughs) no, um, it's crazy. (laughs) So I agree with you. I don't think it, and, and I'm somebody who, while my job has me day to day, very much on a podium. So I'm a full-time fitness professional. Uh, I'm an introvert. So I went back and forth with myself. Do I go? Do I, do I stay home? Is it going to be a lot to be with so many people? I don't know. I've never met before. I regret nothing. It was, it was awesome to be there. Yeah, no, I, I, well, immediately when it, immediately when it came out, I was like, I have to go to this, you know, I'm, I'm not an, I'm not an introvert. I'm, I barely are very extroverted. I couldn't get that out. And so, uh, everybody is my friend immediately. So, um, yeah, I was like, okay, 170 to 200 people going to be there. This is going to be great. And so like, I had to jump on board immediately, but yeah, you know, and the, the crazy thing was, is to me, it's like, you know, it's not only just the runner's base because, uh, you know, there was people there that for whatever reason were not running at the time, but they still came and they still were included. And I thought that was just so great. Like, even though that it is a running brand and a running based company, they celebrate everybody regardless of your shape, your size, your ethnicity. Like, like you say, it's all inclusive, but it, it just experiencing it while we were there, it was just like, Oh my gosh, this is so much more than just a brand. It really is a community. And so, man, I just, I can't say enough, you know, I, and and I hear all of these like podcasts with people like the professional athletes that, Oh, they wear X brand or uh, a check brand. Let's call it that. And, you know, and they're mistreated, like these athletes are mistreated. And it's just like, I can't imagine Brooks mistreating their athletes. Like some of these other brands, like these Czech brands mistreat their athletes. <laughs> we'll, so we'll just call I, it I have brand. no idea we, what you're talking about. Yeah, but, we know exactly. I, I don't know. Care. I'll call but them out. I, but I hear you. mistreat your athletes. <laughs> it's pronounced Nikkei. Nikkei. Okay, I'm sorry. So. Yeah. Nikkei. <laughs> I'm taking a, I'm taking a, a page from your book. I'll call them out. Stop mistreating your athletes. <laughs> Maybe they Period. don't, but in the ultra world, like there's been tons of um, evidence that they definitely have. One of our biggest ultra runners, Camille Heron, um, was with them for a long time and she left them and uh, she was very vocal about, about the mistreatment. So look, I mean, they, there was an entire, uh, uh, what, uh, Cara, Cara, Cara Goucher. From, uh, yeah. She put as she her book was eye opening and not surprising to me. So I I I need to get it. It is just makes your skin crawl. Yeah, that the things that they allowed. Um, 
on every level. Was at, she from a, such uh, a young age? She was so young, so vulnerable, so hungry to be successful in her career and to also make their her coach and their brand proud. And they stood behind a despicable human who yeah. they hired. Yeah. So I, you know what? I'm I'm a I'm a clap for you on that. Okay, Nikkei, <laughs> we see you. <laughs> we see you, Nikkei. Was uh was Karen uh with Nikkei? She was. Okay. Yeah. She was. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of just disheartening that um that people would you know the companies major major brand companies, especially one that's that big. I mean, I know Brooks is big too, but but they're all in everything, and so. You know, they're in basketball and all, all different sports. So, yeah, crazy to me. But, you know, they're going to continue to get away with it until something happens, I guess. But anyway, we went down a rabbit hole quick. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you got anything to put in on that or what? You know, I don't know much about the Brooks, Brooks brand. I can't talk to either the Brooks brand. Uh, but what I have noticed is this year the Golden Trail Series has a lot of Brooks athletes. Yeah. So they have a lot of mountain runners, which I was surprised because maybe just you being an ambassador now, I watch for that, but years past, I didn't see as many as this year with wearing Brooks and being supported by Brooks. You know, there's been, um, there's been a big uptick in their trail and ultra community. I mean, their, their flagship is the road. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. They're, you know, their ghosts are some of the highest selling shoes in the world and they're fantastic shoes. I mean, Robbie, you have a pair. I have a pair. I'm sure everybody has a pair of ghosts, but, <laughs> um, but for them to like jump and get real deep into the trail and ultra community, cause they know that that community is growing and growing fast and they're trying to jump in it just like everybody else, but they're picking up some really cool athletes and they're picking up the sub ultra distance trail runners too, which I, I think is cool that they have a lot of those mutt runners that um, like with the golden trail series and stuff like that. I think that's really neat that they're doing that. I see that Cascadia shoe now everywhere. And I'm saying it like it's a foreign object because <laughs> in case you don't know, I live in New York city. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I know we didn't even really get to introductions. We just jumped right in, just right in the rabbit hole. <laughs> All you know is that I'm Amanda. Kate's, Kate's formerly solid. known as cats. Yeah. Yes. Soft, soft day. <laughs> soft day. Um, but I am, I'm a road runner when I, I mean, and the fact that I'm seeing, so I, I predominantly wear the ghosts, uh, and, and the Hyperion, uh, line. I like that shoe a lot. Um, I'm on, I'm on, I'm running streets, central park, Riverside. So, uh, in the, here in the city, I live in the upper west side so it's quite convenient for me to get to those places and the softest uh surface that i run on is either a treadmill or you know the central park reservoir loop <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome but you know but i'm but i'm but if uh if i spend enough time with uh you guys i may have to get myself a pair for the trails and and commute yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> It's an amazing thing. I think once you get into trail running, you'll kind of be like, man, what took me so long to get here? <laughs> I was going to say it might change your life. Happens. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of controversy right now and we, we won't go into it because it's, it's, it's crazy. But um, 
it's it's wild to watch the trail community kind of rally right now um and this podcast will come a little bit later come out a little bit later so everyone will be like oh yeah i forgot about that but it's kind of neat right now to watch the the community rally and it's such a great community and if you've never experienced it it's so wild like if you're doing an out and back trail race um which a lot of trail races are out and backs you'll run however many miles out and back to the starting line um every single person passing you will tell you great job every single person and so it's just like it's such a special thing um people hang out around the finish lines they don't leave typically they have beer and so people just like hang out and drink beer and cheer people on when they're coming back the people that finished very last what we call the golden hour is uh the last hour before the race ends they get cheered the most uh you know more than people who finish first when you finish first you're you're finishing you know if it's a hundred mile race, it's like in the middle of the night and no one cares. And there might be three people there and people care, but no one's there. <laughs> like the race director's there and maybe like your family. But if you're finishing in the golden hour, the very end of the race, there's uh when I finished Bighorn 100, I finished in the golden hour with about 20 minutes left to go. And there was a thousand people in the park cheering. And so it's just like, it's insane to me that it, that, that type of community and they know what you've gone through and it, it's so special and it's, you know, getting the buckle and finishing the the race itself is amazing. And that's a high as well, but man, the community is so much different. Um, you know, I'm not talking trash about road running, but it is, it's so it's much different. It is, it's, it's crazy. And until you experience it, it's just like one of those things you're like, it's kind of foreign. Um, so I would highly suggest buy you a set of Cascadias and, um, go run your 50 K and see how amazing <laughs> it is. Damn. I, I really hate that you're making me a believer. I really do. <laughs> Message but me I offline and I'll show you how to I'll show you how to sign up for a 50k. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I'm awesome. Not, it, it's I'm even right there in the name. Called, I don't like it. It's even right there in the name. It's ultra sign up. That's that's <laughs> it's just like, how do you sign up for an ultra? I don't know. Maybe there's a site out there. It's like ultra sign up. <laughs> <laughs> The, the ultra community wanted to eliminate the guesswork. So well, we, did, we didn't say that, that. we're very intelligent. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Amanda, let's uh, let's let's get into you and who you are. Uh, we learned a little bit with your silent or your soft A, and that you live in the Upper West Side of New York. But like, let's like, how did you get into running, and um, how did you be like the fitness world is who you are. So like, let's just talk about it. Let's go for it. Sure. Sure. Uh, so I started as a runner, I started running later in life, uh, as a way to explore the places that I traveled on my feet. And I think that the difference between my engagement in the sport and a lot of folks is that I didn't give a shit about the metrics, I kind of just, all right, I'm going 15 minutes out one way in Kenya and I'm coming back 15 minutes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so from now there's a big push in the road running community, which I love. And I'm that coach for uh, uh, training plans to be time-based not mileage based, right? Because your body knows stress, your body doesn't know mileage or kilometers, whatever metric you're tying it to. So, but that's actually how I started running. I, I, and just because out of pure, um, 
it just made sense to me. It made sense to me. So that's how I started. And uh, then when I would in, be at home, right, and here in New York City, I, I took some uh, treadmill running classes that worked with my schedule as a, as a fitness professional. I would take maybe one or two a week. What is a treadmill running classes. class? Yeah, I was wondering so the actually, same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually one of the one of the classes that I coach. So I'm a I'm a full time fitness professional. I teach about 15 classes a week for a brand called Equinox, and I uh, I teach strength conditioning. I teach indoor cycling, uh, some some Noah spinning, and I teach precision run, which is a signature format from Equinox and is a treadmill based class. So there's a a row of treadmills in a specific part of of the gym and uh, folks book about 10 to 15 folks book uh, a treadmill and I lead them through a curated run. It's, It's interval based. So the intervals range from 30 seconds up to two minutes. Uh, and we focus on different speeds, inclines, and it's based on the specific runner. So unlike some other treadmill based boutique studios where everyone has everyone, okay, guys, you're running for one minute, nine miles an hour. That's, that's gonna, that is a, um, that's not what you're going to experience with us. It's going to be customized to the person and it's based on an equation that is set up on their treadmill screen. Oh, okay. So they, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So that's actually, that was like between travel and just accessibility. That was my gateway to running. So uh, from there, the pandemic happened and I was unemployed because my full-time job was just teaching classes. And that was an opportunity for me to grow my business. I had had a personal training certification. I had been curious about finalizing my run coaching certification. So I said, you know what, now's the time to do that because they started to offer a virtual option uh, through RRCA. And I, I have a lot, I have the pandemic to thank for the majority of my income being coaching. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really just, I, I train, I have about eight private uh, strength training clients and I train about, uh, I have 20 plus runners on my roster, competitive and recreational runners. Nice. That's really cool. What, yeah. uh, what, what made you, um, you know, obviously the pandemic was kind of the one that drove you to that, but what one made you get out of the gym? I mean, I, I know you're back in the gym now, but like, what was that thought? Like, I want to teach runners and I want to coach runners. Where, where did that come from? Separate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it came from my l- love for the science of running and how simple I thought it was, but actually how complicated it was and how there were so many between really, it's not as simple as getting out the door as, and this was the messaging I had heard prior to my engagement. It's, it was way between 
um, the accessibility of the sport, right? It's expensive to engage in running, uh, but the races, the gear, the nutrition. Oh my right? gosh. I There's- just had this conversation today after our run, I was talking to someone and I said, uh, running, if you're running as a hobby, you're racing, it's a very privileged sport. And the guy, was, the guy I was talking to was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of, but maybe a little disagreeing with me. And then I, uh, you know, I kind of broke it down. I was like, I think every time I go run an ultra, it's between three and $5,000 probably to go run an ultra after it's all said Easily. and done. Um, you know, and I know that maybe it, it might be a little less expensive to go run a marathon, but marathons are starting to get up there too. And so, I mean, Hey, like you run a, you run a world major, you run Chicago, Berlin, New York city, the, the travel and the hotels alone will put you out. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, it's, you're, you don't, I don't even, when I'm thinking about the cost of a, of a marathon weekend, I'm not even thinking about the cost of the bid. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, in the bib, like, the bibs are even the bibs. Some of ours are five hundred plus. I mean, two hundred milers are fifteen hundred dollars for a bib. And so, what? yeah, like a like a big, uh, well known uh, hundred miler is going to cost you five hundred bucks just for the bib. And then you got to get yourself there. The nutrition that it takes to run that. Um, we we have the team crew, of support you have to have around you. The, the physical therapist. <laughs> No, I'm just oh, talking about okay. the crew, crew and pacers that come with us. Like <laughs> I, if anyone comes and cruise and pace me, I put them up in a hotel. Like I say, Hey, get your own way there. And I'll put you up that, that costs money. And it's just like your clothes, your shoes, you know, training for a hundred mile, you're going to go through a couple pair of shoes. And so <laughs> I, that three to 5,000 goes real quick. It is, it is a privileged sport. It, it is a privileged sport. And you're not even hitting up upon all the maintenance work, right? That everything potentially who you have to have on the payroll. Oh yeah, for sure. For, for, for my runners, I think about, I think about their, I call them their support squad, right? So I'm either their run coach and or personal trainer. Then they have their physical therapist. They, many of them hire or at least take part in some sort of engagement with a sports dietitian. I'm just, I'm just covering basics, like yeah. not to mention, you know, folks go in for routine massage work if they want, uh, the time investment with our partners and, and our families and <laughs> the gels alone will put you out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it really, it really is. That's what interested me so much in the sport that how simple everyone else thought it was. And I was like, no, there's a layer to this. And as such, I was like, I can be a part of a community of not just quote unquote influence or enthusiast or like I'm a runner, but I can also help inform a conversation, uh, be an educator also have a network around me who I can refer my clients to. So it, it, it opened a door for all of these opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that. 
I like that you're actually telling your people like, hey, this is going to cost money because <laughs> a lot of times people don't think that they think it's just a pair of shoes. I can just go run this marathon. And for the I would say for a, a vast majority of people, you know, if you just want to go run one marathon, good luck not signing up for a second one. But if you want to just uh, run one race, like I feel like you can do it pretty minimally and get away with it. If you do a local race, you have a pair of shoes or throwback shorts and shirt like you can get it done i get that there is a a time and place where that is possible and so we're gonna get we're gonna get all kinds of emails saying like oh i ran this race for 500 bucks like okay good job (laughs) (laughs) but i'm just telling you like yeah it's it it 100 yeah i i just like people to know what they're getting into and i also this is like a theme throughout my content when when i share stuff on on social media, I like to remind people that, you know, why are we doing this? So I also think there's, I'm somebody who, I overheard somebody talking on the internet about how, you know, I only signed up for one race a year and me and being an introvert and not being great with crowds of people personally, when I heard that, I'm like, well, I only signed up for one race this year. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what's wrong with that? And I was, I, I was, and I, all of my energy, I, I did the wine glass marathon a few weeks ago and I had an awesome experience. Um, but it, it was my experience. It, it was awesome because it was my experience. I didn't yeah. sign up for the, all the haves and the 10 K's that, I saw folks uh, doing here in the city and, and it wasn't because I didn't want, it wasn't because I couldn't. It's because I was like, I don't find joy in, I like running. I don't need to race to run. Right. But I also love working towards something and to keep people focused on their goals are their goals. Let your goals be your goals. And if your goal is to run a marathon, you do that for you. But if you're channeling somebody else's goal, that's not going to feel good. Yeah. Like it's a, to do it right. It's a lot of work. It's a multi-month, multi-hundred slash thousand dollar commitment potentially, yeah. you know? It 100% is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and that's funny. Cause like Robbie and I are uh, a little different. I mean, Robbie likes to race. I I'm, I'm talking, I'm speaking out of my ass here on Robbie, but, <laughs> but you know, Robbie didn't even run a race this year and I ran, I don't know, three or four of them, but, um, Robbie, you heard how he said that he didn't <laughs> even run a race this year. No, I'm just <laughs> I know now that now I'm getting called out, <laughs> but, but you know, Robbie, can go out and, you know, just go do 25, 30 mile runs and enjoy it and like have no goal in life, not goal in life, have no goal. Like, <laughs> do you see what's happening here, Robbie? Just, do you see what's happening? He like, knows me too well. He knows can me I just, too well. Can I just put my shovel down and get out of this hole here? You're, you're, just, you're speaking the truth. Come on. I'm trying to build you up here, but damn it, I keep knocking you back down. Like this. I, I like have my hand, but I slip too. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, but Robbie can just go out and crush those like super long. He'll just go pick a trail run and go run 25, 30 miles just for the hell of it. And it's like, I don't think I could do that without that being a structured workout towards my goal of running a race. And so like, I, I, I get that you, and I respect you guys for being able to do that, but I, I don't know if I could just go out and be like, I'm just going to run 30 miles 
because for the hell of it, I, I don't have that. I have, I like running races and I like training for races, but that's just me. And so I, 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 I think that's cool that you have that and Robbie has that as well. So did, did I wrap that back up? Uh, good. Was that, was that, uh, <laughs> was that appropriate? <laughs> sure did. Sure I did. Well, I'd hole. be curious what Robbie, like, cause I know for me personally, but Robbie, what the, what is the intrinsic motivating factor for you to go out and run those 20 or, or 30 mile runs when there's, when there's no one standing there with a finisher medal? I guess for me, I don't, I don't want that. I'm an introvert too. I, I don't need that. I don't want that. Uh, when I get back to the car, if I'm with someone else or by myself and I touch the car, that's enough for me. Uh, I run for myself. Um, and it's just something that I, I find joy in, uh, so I can get out and get lost on the trail for hours at a time by myself or with my dog or with, you know, a few other people. And that's joy to me. I've ran lots of races and I will get caught up in that race, the training for the race. When you run the longer distances, they don't always go as planned as Justin knows they you have your ups and ups and downs. And I guess I've just kind of gone away from that a little bit and just go out there and enjoy myself. Or if there is a down, I have to really ask myself, why is this down? Why am I feeling this way? Cause I'm not in a race. So there's no pressure. It's just me, me out there on the trail. And I've found a lot of, a lot more growth in not, trying to find myself in a race, but to try to find myself just down the mountains. You didn't know we were getting this, man. You didn't know we were getting this deep. <laughs> <laughs> I told you he's the philosophical one. <laughs> I I could not, I mean, I just every I, I wanted to clap for every word he said. That's that's how I feel. That's how I feel. I'm actually I put my name in for uh, a lottery for a major marathon. I, it dawned on me. I just came back from, by the way, I just came back. I'm saying, by the way, to, to my friends out on the internet, as they're listening to this, I came <laughs> back from a solo trip. Um, I went to Morocco and it was awesome. And while I was there, I'm like, thinking, I was, I'm like, why did I put my name in for that lottery? When I really just enjoyed going to a smaller race with my dad, like, and just having my dad there. Like that was, it was, it was an experience for me to put my dad up in a hotel, spend time in the Finger Lakes, going to Wegmans or Walmart every night, and then having him watch me run a marathon like that. I don't need anything else. And uh, so when you were speaking, Robbie, that's all I was thinking about. I was like, that is why I feel how I feel because I don't, there's, there's still there's still a goal there's still something i'm working towards uh regardless of if there's a race or if i'm doing it for myself for the joy of the activity and i i do feel that way as well so anyway that's why our goals are our goals and their goals are their goals yeah i'm you guys are getting real deep and i'm over here like i run races <laughs> <laughs> But you know the oh, growth you find on the on the journey to those hundred mile races. Yeah. Hundred K, yeah. whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I was going to hey, ask you. Oh, oh, go for it. Sorry, I was going to ask a quick question because as we were talking about that, you know, goals are goals. And, you know, sometimes when you're coaching clients, there's just that one goal out there for them. And they forget about the journey, the process of getting to there. And I've found with clients before, they'll lose all that in the process. And they look at the finish line before they're even at the finish line. Um, how do you differentiate? I'm not going to try to say that word because I'm going to say it. But how do you talk your clients through that process instead of that end goal? I don't know if that made sense, but. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It makes sense. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. Our culture is very based on the gold star and and the medal at the end and getting to this finish line. And when somebody's working on their relationship with exercise, with fitness, with running, it's so important as a coach, in my opinion, this is my philosophy, to remind them that this is a part of our life that we want to sustain for as long as we can and to find the wins along the way. There's, there's nothing more, there's, there's nothing more heartbreaking to me than somebody who, you know, let's, let's say I have a runner whose goal is metric based. It's, they want to do something, they want to run a marathon sub four hours and they're and they continue to frustrate themselves week after week because they're not hitting certain paces, they're feeling shitty in their workouts, and they're, as such, they're equating that experience to who they are as a runner. And my job is to remind them who the F they are and also tell them that that one run does does not make or break you. I think it just, it, it requires a lot of reinforcement and it requires a lot of r- running. My, my goal as a coach is to make the person I'm working with feel as confident as possible, not at, not at the finish line, but throughout the whole process. And I also make it a point to be very, my background before fitness was in communications. I was the director of communications and marketing for and government and a fairly large organization. So I know the power of words and, and what, uh, what I find is beneficial is to remind folks to have fun instead of the, instead of the good luck and the, are you nervous? Are you, re- <laughs> it's, it's, you have fun. I was, I'm already proud of you. Reminding people of that constantly. I'm already proud of you. You know, tomorrow's just a celebration when they're working towards a big race. So it, that's just something in my practice that I don't just do in a training cycle. I do in their off season. Yeah, I told, uh, I, I had a, um, one of my athletes that ran one of their longest races this, this weekend. And I, I told him, I said, stop and take some pictures. Like, don't get so focused on the race. Like you can do the race. You have trained your butt off for the race. You are there. Like 
stop and take pictures. Enjoy the time while you're out there because I've run that race before. I know like sunsets or the sunrises beautiful. Um, you know, like some of the scenery is amazing. Like stop and take pictures and enjoy it. Like don't just run the race and be done and like, Oh cool. I got my, got my medal and I'm done. Like enjoy it and have fun. And like, I always say that like stop and take some pictures. And so I, I don't know the picture thing I think is, is what I like. Uh, and it's because I do the same thing. Like I'm on my runs, I stop and I take pictures because my runs are, you know, a lot of times they're mileage based, but they're time on feet based, you know, because that's that's how we a lot of times that's how ultra running trains time on feet we will give miles based on time, you know, but <laughs> it's uh, I'm a mileage guy. I have to know like, all right, I'm gonna go do this miles, but my my coach knows me better than I know myself. So she gives me mileage based on how much time she wants me to spend on my feet because she knows how I run. But, um, and so that's what a lot of, you know, ultra training is, is, is time based versus mileage based. But anyway, we got off traffic there. Um, but I stop and take pictures and, and enjoy it. Like we had an amazing sunrise this morning on our run. And so it was cool. I got like 400 pictures in my, my camera roll right now, but yeah, I think that's just something important. You have to, you know, tell your athletes is like, just have fun. I know marathons are a little bit different. Like you know, I guess you could stop and take a picture, but people, you know, have time. I mean, and they have time goals and ultras too, but here I am digging myself a hole again. So <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right. I think, I think about, I can only speak from the, the most fun that I had a few weeks ago was, it was my, uh, it was the, my PR marathon. I never go into a race with me. It's just me personally. It's a lot of pressure for me to sign up for a race. So for me, do I have a sense of the time that I'll finish it? Sure. But I do not, I stray far away from specifics. I like to see how I feel and I trust my training. I trust my fueling and um, I'm going to, I'm going to run the mile I'm in. And so that's something that I think you're also talking about, Justin. It's like, stop and take pictures. Like it brings a sense, it brings you to present. So running the mile you're in is also bringing you to present. And the best memories were along the marathon route. And, you know, I saw, I saw my dad a few times and he's like, and he has his camera he goes, how you doing a man? And I stopped and gave him a high five. Like, and I still, and it was still a PR marathon. I negative split that bitch. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, it's, it's, there's room for both. Yeah. We have to, I know runners are so, and I, th if this offends you, then it's, then it's true. <laughs> runners, <laughs> runners uh, tend to be um, incredibly rigid with themselves. We got to be a little flexible. Yeah. Right. And we, and we do this and we do this because we enjoy it. Ultimately, even if your race, even if your calendar year is full of races, hopefully you do it because you enjoy it. And you're not getting paid for it unless you are. And if you're not having fun, why are you wasting another minute, hour, day of your life doing something like that? Uh, you can tell right there that she has never ran a hundred miler. She said, if you're not having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me who has fun at mile 70 of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I can't, that. That sounds, that sounds pretty terrible, but again, I, <laughs> uh, 
I can say right now, you know, don't quote me on this in the future if, if future Kate's changes, but uh, right now I can say that I would never sign up for a hundred mile because that would not be fun for me. Yeah. But <laughs> I think if I spend too much time with either of you, it could be problematic. Yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that you're, you're yeah, on that path. Yeah. As soon as you meet the trail community, I'm telling you, you're on that path. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to, I I guess I'm going to have to go past the Bronx to get there, but we'll make yeah. it, we'll make it work. <laughs> somewhere I, up, I actually somewhere think up that there. they have a, uh, Robbie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they have a New York city hundred, right? Where it runs around the city for a hundred miles. I think it's a. It, I think it's in New York. It could be a different city, but I think it's in New York where they run around the city. I have to come back. Maybe it, maybe it it doesn't exist anymore either. But I thought that it was a. Um, it's called the New York City Hundred or something like that. But I, I know there's. I think there's something else too. What was it like? Will they run around Central Park for as long as they can? Pretty much. I, honestly, like I yeah. think one of the original ultra marathons was in Central Park. Yeah, like it goes back and dates like a long time ago, um, early 1900s style. They would Central Park was one of the first um, hubs for ultra marathons. Do what they call bipedalism. Yeah. What would they call Robbie? Bipedalism. Yeah. Something like that. Bipedalism races. (laughs) It it was essentially a, a, a walking race to see who could walk the longest and it was kind of weird. There's a lot of weird history with it. Um, but they would go for days, like six, seven, eight, ten days yeah. walking, which, I mean, if you're a hobbyist like myself and Robbie, there's a lot of walking in, in ultra marathons <laughs> anyway. So why not be good at it? But yeah. Um, yeah, they. I think a lot of those date back to New York City. So. You might you're in you're in the hub for the OG <laughs> ultra marathons. <laughs> I don't like the direction of this conversation. <laughs> well, you know, going back to what you were saying, um, uh, you know, a lot of what I say on my um, social platforms is have fun with it because you are ninety nine percent, ninety nine percent of us are doing this as a hobby. We're not getting paid. Yeah, there's that one percent that gets paid and. They try to have fun with it too, but 99% of us are just doing it as, as a hobby. Like we have families, we have a job, like this is just something extracurricular that we really enjoy doing. So like, why not have fun with it? Like if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? Could not agree with you more. Yeah. A lot of people get mixed up with, you know, times, what they want to be who they're trying to be, they forget who they are in the process because they put, like you were saying, a metric on it when it should be just be fun and you can still achieve that metric while you're having fun. It shouldn't just be, you know, black or white. It should be fun and hard at the same time. Should be orange and green and blues and yellows. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, hey Amanda, what uh, what marathons have you run? New York City, coming up this weekend. Oh, damn! Uh, 
I know. Isn't that, isn't that wild? So New York city, and I'll give a little shout. I am, a, I'm a, I'm a coach on uh, the running explain team. Uh, so I am hosting the shakeout run on uh, Saturday. Well, there's so many, I can't, begin to tell you how happy I am to not run that marathon, but partake in all the events <laughs> leading cool. up to the marathon. That way I don't have to worry about conserving my energy. I'm just like, great. That gooder event, I'm there. Uh, that that new balance event, I'm there. That that nutrition event, I'm there. I'm like, great. I'm not running a marathon tomorrow. I, <laughs> I just got a day of work. I got a day of work. <laughs> So that's this weekend. So I've, I've, uh, that was my first marathon, the New York city marathon. Got a cute little tad of it on my, on my leg, the route. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's my, uh, I will never get sick of looking at that. I, you know, and people think it's like, if, if they're not runners, I can immediately, I immediately know where they stand when they're like, is that a, is that a thread on your leg? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And then the ones who know, they're like, that's the New York City route. Uh, so Chicago and wine glass. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, um, wine glass is the smallest of the marathons that I've ran. And uh, damn, I loved it. I loved Here, it so much. Here's another thing that's cool that you will enjoy um, being an introvert. How big was wine glass? Like how many people ran the race? 2000. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest ultra marathon I have ran is uh, 300 people. Oh my God. That and that's a full, it might've been 350. That's a full <laughs> race. Like capped out 350 people. Cause you got to think when we're running out there, we're on trails. So we have to get permission from um, a multitude of different agencies to run on those trails. And so they cap the races at a, a pretty strict cap, 300, usually around three, three to 500. I I haven't ran one that's 500, but they, I I guess I take that back. I ran black Canyon and black Canyon was quite a bit, but I don't even think black Canyon gets over a thousand and they run three waves. So your wave is 300 something people, but is it, is it like the, uh, is it like many of the, world majors where you have to apply through a lottery or is it is generally just yeah. through ultrasignup.com well I wish. yeah i wish i wish it was that easy um so here we go so uh some of your i don't like your, that i even asked the question i know and I, I nerd out it's a great on question stuff. though it's a great question for me because i nerd out on it um so there's two big races within the u.s that are kind of like that's your capstone type races. There is the Western States endurance run, which is in uh, California. That is kind of like the bee's knees of all hundred milers, right? For the U S and then there's the, the mountain. Don't get me wrong. When I say that Western States is not really a mountain. Cause it, it is, it still has like 18,000 feet of climb and 22,000 feet of descent. So it's still a mountain race, but it's a very fast 100 miler. And it's kind of the world champion in or the u.s championship right and then there's the the mountain race that has thirty-three thousand feet of climb and thirty-three thousand feet of descent um in colorado which is hard rock <clears throat> both of which have uh a lottery 
And so to get into that lottery, you have to run a qualifying race. So Western States, I believe has, let's call it a hundred races that you can go run. If they're a hundred miler, you just have to finish the hundred miler and you're qualify. If they're hundred K's, you have to be below a certain time frame, which it's a very achievable time frame, but it's, you have to be below a certain time frame. Um, Hard Rock has, I think, 30 races, then it could be even smaller than that. Um, and they're real hard hundred milers and you have to finish those to get in, um, to the lottery for Hard Rock. Western States lottery will probably take you five to eight years to get in. So you have to run a qualifier every single year to be able to enter the lottery, your ticket, you get a ticket into the lottery and then they double every year that you don't get selected. Um, same thing for our hard rock. Um, we had somebody on the podcast recently. It took him 10 years to get into hard rock. So, um, it's kind of this celebration. Yeah. And exactly. (laughs) That man was tired. (laughs) Well, so Western States, you have to run a race every year and hard rock, you have to run one every two years. And so it's a little bit easier on your body, I guess, if you only had to run one every two years, but they're, they're extremely hard races. They're, um, yeah, they're tough races. And so, yeah. So, so currently I'm trying to get into Western States. That's kind of my goal. Um, so I'm running a qualifier every year this, this January, I'll be running my third qualifier. And so, um, and I have a, I ran a qualifier for hard rock. And so this is my last year entering the lottery, but I don't know if I'm going to go chase that again. So yeah, you can, but then a lot of there's, I mean, you could throw a dart at, at any state on the map and there's 10 or 15 hundreds or, you know, sub hundred ultra marathons within that state. There's tons of them and that don't require a lottery that you can just sign up on ultra sign up or run sign up, I think is the other one. But I mean, there's a multitude of different ways to sign up for one, but ultra sign up is the biggest one. Um, But yeah, there's tons of the grassroots small business owner type races that, you know, get, get celebrated um, maybe not as much, but are just as good of races um, and usually you can sign up, you know, I wouldn't say the day of, but a couple, couple weeks before you can sign up and get in. But yeah, if you, if you need help picking a race, just let me know. <laughs> I'm concerning myself in this conversation. I'm concerning myself. It's only five more miles. That's, that's one of my favorite <laughs> thing to do with some of my athletes is help them choose races. Cause it, it, lets me, uh, you know, do some research on the races. And so I love helping my athletes choose a race. It's like really fun to me, but yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's some ones that you could do on the road. There's road, road, ultra marathons. And then there's, you know, flat flowy. We have a little bit of Hills, a couple hundred, couple thousand feet of climb. And then there's the ones that you can pull out your hiking, trekking poles and go 20,000 plus feet, kind of just whatever you want to do. I don't think my ankles are cut out for this. I have to. <laughs> oh, you definitely got to do some ankle strengthening. <laughs> you, sure. you sure did. It's, it's it sounds like it sounds like my peroneals are are going to need to be equipped for the experience. So I I respect that. I respect that. It's different muscles running. You know, running on trails, different muscles for sure. Use uh, use everything, not just your. Um, not just not just your your feet. I mean, you got to think about everything that goes into play, but. I feel like um, you're you're not. But it's not as shitty as beach <clears throat> running, right? No. Okay. Oh, I, no. I, I offended seven thousand people. Yeah, we just <laughs> no? offended people with beach running. No, beach running's hard. Yeah. 
There's actually an ultra marathon on the beach. I had a buddy do it last year. It's a 50 miler on the beach. I'm like, you're nuts. No. <laughs> <laughs> he does it because he enjoys it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's, he's trying to get into bad water, I think. And so it was one of the bad water races. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard of bad water? I have. I don't know how long is that race? Is that a hundred as well? 135. 135. Yeah. Yeah, they had to be annoying about it. Through wow. Death Valley. <laughs> Through Death Valley. In the summer. That's bad water. That how, is how, bad. How, Robbie, how hot does it get? Like 130 something degrees? I'm not sure. I know I was disappointed to find out they used to start the race during the day. Then I believe the park officials changed it to night. So now the runners don't ex get to experience the hot temperatures of the day. But you also run I up I mean, they to, do get to experience them the next the next day after they start, but... Yeah, but <clears throat> they're kind of out of Death Valley by that point. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, it's then, easy at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But they do go up to the Mount Whitney portal. So you do you do climb. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's still, it's still got quite a bit of climb. There's actually <laughs> a lot of controversy around that for the last two years, and you would be interested to, to hear it. Um, a, a woman won the race and got accused of cheating. And so um, there was something wrong with their GPS, and um, they did an investigation on it. She wasn't found cheating, but a, lo a lot of people called her cheating. So this year she came out and uh, re-ran the race, broke the course record, and then just kind of gave everybody the middle finger. Yeah, she said, she said, she said, fuck around and find out. Okay. Yep. Yep. I, uh, you know, I love to. That's where I'm going to be after this conversation, finding yeah. her and and reading everything about her. Yeah, I. They, I mean, look the well. To be fair, the science says as the races get longer, the the women and men start to even out and the women actually outrace the men. You know, I've heard, um, I've heard that a lot. And, um, I just listened to a podcast today and they said there's zero scientific evidence of that. Um, they said that there, the, the controversy right now is, well, it's not controversy, but they're saying that the women, the men have capped out where they're going to cap out. And we're talking Western States. Let's talk Western states. The men have capped out, which I, I don't think is true. Um, we've had a lot of fast men in in that that position, and the women are just now starting to creep up on the women, the men's records. But look where we've come from ultra running starting kind of the boom in like what 2012, 13. That was kind of a boom when the ultra running really got its takeoff. We've our times of you know, the men and women both have dropped significantly in that Western States race. Well, the women kind of have, were at a lull. There was a, a record. How long was the record held at Western States? It was a 12, 15 year record. I can't remember. Yeah. Something like it that. just got broke this year by an hour and 18 minutes or something crazy like that by Courtney yeah. DeWalter. She just broke it, but that record stood for that long. It was forever. How long that record stood. The men's record gets broke. Like every couple of years, the men's records get broke. And so, um, they, they were talking about it and they said, there's really no scientific evidence of that. Yeah. There are women that will go out and outright win a race. I mean, we saw Courtney DeWalter do it at, um, I think it was Bigfoot. She, you know, 
beat the man. Oh no, it was Moab. She Moab, beat men yeah, by ten yeah. hours, or she broke. She beat second place by ten hours. And so I'm not saying it's not possible. It definitely is possible. But they keep saying that uh, in within the next ten years, a woman is going to win Western states, and I, I just have a hard time believing that. I guess, but. Mm, well, so, as we um, say, fuck around and find out. That's true. That's true. In ten years, I'll uh, message you, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, we'll I, see. I would love to see it. I think it would be great. I, I would love to see it. Like, let's go for it. I just think that um, as technology increases in you know shoes and in science and nutrition, like you know, yeah, we may have a lull right now with the men's um, records and their standing, and there's not anyone that's getting faster, but. There's that dude out there that's going to come in and crush that record by an hour. We know it's going to happen. And so, I don't know. I'll see I it. I'm not saying I don't believe it, but I'll I'll see it when I, you know, I'll believe it when I see it type thing. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, they I, use they use I, the evidence of Boston Marathon. Let's take, they, do you think a, a woman is ever going to outrun, out, is going to win outright Boston? Do I? No. Yeah. Oh, you're saying in both out of both cat? No, I no, I don't. I don't, but I don't know that they used Boston to. Yeah, to, they just you, and I, I understand you said that they're you know once you get past the marathon, the women sure w- with the the muscle mass on the man, it slows us down after a certain period of time. I you know I've I've read all the the evidence and stuff like that, but I I think this is harder to measure though, and I'm pointing no, to my head for those uh, listening. <laughs> yeah, no, and I agree. I think women are extremely stronger in in the mind than a man is. I I will say that wholeheartedly. I I just think that I don't know. I don't. I don't want to get canceled on my podcast. No, no, no. I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to. I was no. But you were. What you're. You're right in what you're saying. I think that that's that is the point where it's really hard to measure, um, which is why we're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, the psychological component of of an endurance event and how it really cannot be measured and how critical it is for uh for a for a runner's success in a race yeah and with 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 these long long distance races um you know let's let's take a 200 for instance there's so much that can go right and so much that can go wrong you could take the best female athlete and the best male athlete and you compare them against each other on two separate races and you're going to get completely different outcomes on those races. or you could take them on the same race you're going to get completely different outcomes because there's so many factors that go into play. Um, you know, when it comes down to running for 50 to 60 hours is what those, you know, that's what the, the elites are running the two hundreds. I think Coca 250 this year was what 60 would Mike run it in 60 something hours, 68 hours broke the course record again. But like, it's insane to me, you know, 68 hours of running. Yeah. Um, but you could take, you know, Courtney who runs two hundreds as well, and who kind of came on the scene running two hundreds. No one knew who she was and boom, she came out and won by 10 hours. Like it definitely can happen. I, I'm not saying it. I just think that I think a hundred miler is too short of a distance to make that difference. And 
I'm, I'm saying it's short, but for the elites, it's extremely short. <laughs> but I, I think I for know, two, I'm in pain I, as you're saying that. I'm just physically I, in pain. I don't even as know where I'm. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I, <laughs> I think two hundreds is is more where the men and women are equal as opposed to the hundred mile. I think you could you could pair like like stream being uh, McConaughey with Courtney DeWalter, and they you know it, it's a toss up to who wins that one. You know, they're both like great 200 milers, Mike McKnight as well. They're both great 200 milers, but I think you, you come down to the hundred miler, like Jim Walmsley and Courtney DeWalter, like I'm taking Jim on that one. <laughs> but isn't Courtney DeWalter's energy inspiring? Oh, she That's, is such yeah. an inspiring person. She's currently oh right now, Havelina, the Havelina race is going on right now. It's a hundred mile, hundred K. I think they have like a night 30 mile or something like that, but her and her mom are just running the 100K for fun. I just think that's so cool. After she did what she did this summer, she's just out yeah. like, I'm just running 100K with my mom because I've always wanted to do it and the time lined up. And so she's out there just like taking pictures with people, enjoying her time. Like she's such a like a bubbly, like personable person. I've, I've heard, I've never met her, but I've heard that if you ask for a picture, she'll take a picture with you and chit chat with you. And she's just like, she comes back to the golden hour and hangs out and greets runners as they come through. And a lot of the elites do that as well. They'll come back. And so that's, that's kind of neat, you know, but have that's a very special. <laughs> her mom, that's is, right. she, her mom is dressed up as Courtney. Yeah. She dressed up as her daughter for the race. They're, they're matching. Like Courtney runs in like basketball Big shorts. shorts. Have you yeah, ever seen yeah. the basketball yeah. shorts? She runs yeah. in those. So her mom like is matching her. It's funny. She has. A, she had a really great conversation on on. I've I've as somebody who is not in the ultra community, I just find her her energy and her outlook on on metrics and her and her training plan or lack thereof and her uh, her. The, her smiling throughout every yeah. e in, in every photo and it, it is so it's so inspiring to anyone so i it's so that that made me that makes me even happier to know that she uh she does she's she practices what she preaches yeah and she doesn't need to preach anything she she shows <laughs> up yeah she's a badass for sure I was about to say your tra her training plan. Like, if you know something that the rest of the world doesn't, can you please share? There's, no, there's not a single person out there that knows what her training plan is. How wild is it that she has no coach? She's never had a coach, and just like goes out and like does what she does. Virtual was like, so how do you know what you're doing? You know, dated, and she goes, kind of just. She said, "I'm of, of course I'm paraphrasing, but like, she's like she kind of just like wakes up that day." she's like she has an idea of like where she what she wants to like how long she wants to be out for she sees how she's feeling and isn't that the most uh that is that's how we should be you know a little structure i think structure i believe is important but the ability to listen to your body in in that way is profound yeah yeah, it's 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 insane. They and they, you know, people have, have speculated that she probably runs around 150 miles a week, which it is crazy and it, it's it's believable with what she's able to throw down for sure. But God, I can't even imagine doing 150 miles a week and just like 
<laughs> I'm just going to casually wake up when I want to wake up and go run 30 miles today. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this conversation has just gone real, real crazy, real quick. <laughs> I didn't expect. I really did not expect. I told you we do not have a platform. We just talk. <laughs> Your friends are going to be like, what is going on there? Like, what is up with that podcast? Is she okay? Someone needs to do a wellness check on her. <laughs> just a well, conversation hey, between three people. <laughs> I, I, um, you know, I'm, we, of course we met at the, the run happy team, um, hype fest. And then, you know, just like everyone else, they started following everybody on social media. And I fell in love with your social media and your platform for standing up for, you know, for women that have been with coaches that, like we've been talking about have, you know, treated them differently and, you know, not celebrated them as the athlete. It's, you know, it's more about the coach and their achievements based off the athletes and, and you calling these people out and it, it cracks me up. And I love, I love your social media and I think it's great. And I, I, for my five listeners that are listening to this podcast, they'll have to get on and, and check your social media out. Cause it's so fun watching you call everyone out. Um, but yeah, go, go into that. Like what kind of drove you to, to do that? And I, and I'm, I, you, and you can't just give me the answer is like, I'm a New Yorker. That's what I am. <laughs> How did I do? How's my accent? <laughs> that caused me almost as much pain as determining I need to now run an ultra. No, that was, that was good. That was good. You're, uh, well, thank you. Thank you. So your five listeners can join my five followers and they can have a party. Awesome. Uh, on Instagram. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, so I, I like to talk, uh, I talk about this study cause I think it's important. There was, a somebody who I've become friends with through social media. She's also a writer, Danielle Friedman. She, uh, she's, and she writes for the New York times specifically on wellness and, 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 uh, the history of exercise and, there was a study she cited in March, and I think it kind of just highlights why I, why I think it's so important to, to speak out. Uh, it was like 100 fitness influencers were audited, and two-thirds of them were either spreading false claims, they had no credentials, and, and yet they were uh, selling a program. They had highly altered images, very Photoshopped. Um, or they were selling mis or malinformation to their communities. Those are the top 100 fitness influencers, which tells me that there are so many people following these folks and taking their information and applying it to their lives. And I have a very, very small corner of the internet, but I want to provide as much research-backed information, as much evidence-based uh, tried and true information as I can to impact my little community, right? And I, because I know how important that is. Um, personally, I'm I'm intimately aware of the potentially harmful consequences of of taking guidance from folks uh, who aren't looking out for somebody's individual health, but rather their own bank accounts or their own follower counts. Right. So, uh, for me, it's because I've been there, like I've, I've been in an impressionable 
uh, social media and Instagram, I would say wasn't as, as, as popular as it is now. When I, when I was a teenager, that didn't exist. I think Facebook, I think I got an invite to Facebook when I was in high school. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, I got an invite to Facebook. I had had a live journal, a Zanga, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. But I remember things like, I remember being on Tumblr and seeing things like inspiration and just nonsense that isn't about athletic performance, isn't about somebody's abilities or feeling good. It's about making you feel insecure and making you feel like you want have to look like somebody else to be valuable in society. And that impacted me. It, it impacts a ton of people. So I think it's really important with all that being said to surround yourself with folks like you, like Robbie, folks who are fitness enthusiasts and, and or fitness professionals who provide an experience that enriches your life. And to, I joke, I joke about this, uh, often, but I feel so blessed that my, my quote unquote algorithm is like curated for me. (laughs) I don't often I'm like forwarded the nonsense by my clients or other people who follow me, but they're, it's not in my algorithm. (laughs) So so I feel like I've I've cracked the code, but my, my (laughs) algorithm is like the nerdy runners, the hilarious runners. I I see your content, Justin, and and it, and it makes me smile. Um, the one, you know, the, the runners, the fitness enthusiasts, the educators who remind us why we do this, that we can do this, whatever this is, running, lifting, et cetera. Yeah, that's perfect. That's, that's what, yeah, that's what it's all about. Honestly, it really is like, I, I, we, we talked about it already, but it's just like, I, I don't get it. Like we're hobbyists, honestly. <laughs> My my license plate is slogger. That's my license plate. Slow jogger. Slogger. No, I'm serious. That's my license plate. And you know how many people have told me like, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a slogger. I'm a runner. Like, okay, bro. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I have made people mad with my license plate. I'm just like, dude, I slog. I slog miles. I don't care. I slow I jog mean, miles. Let, let, let Justin identify. However, the hell he wants to. How's that? Yeah, but people. Let's talk about it. I mean, a lot of runners laugh. They like, oh, that's the greatest license plate in the world. But I've had a lot of people like come up to me and be like, oh, you know, we're not joggers. And it's just like, why are you getting offended over a word? (laughs) It's a them problem, not a you problem. I don't care. I'll call myself a jogger all day. I don't care. (laughs) It's one of our one of our run happy teammates posted something about uh the sexy pace and the party pace when people are people I don't I I personally don't post any of my times on I find it to not be helpful to my community it's just a personal preference so um and it also isn't helpful to me and I and I tie myself less and less to the metrics and it provides a better experience for me as a runner and that's really all that matters so um uh, that she, she had posted about it. And I thought to myself, I'm like, 
you're going to call my pay sexy? Yes, I am sexy. Thank you. <laughs> I like party pace. That's my yeah. pace. So party yeah. pace is yeah. perfect. That's what I enjoy doing. I'm, I'm all for the party pace. I'll take the party pace too. You know, I <laughs> yes. see people on, on uh, social media, whether it be Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and they're like, come run five miles with me. And they mile one, seven minutes, mile two. Oh, there's no, there's a quick skip on those every <laughs> single time. I don't care what your pace is. <laughs> I don't care. My, me and my just, wife. I just throw one. my phone in the wall when I see that. <laughs> me and my wife made one. We're like, come run eight miles with us through the mountains. But we talked about like things that we saw in the mountains. Like we saw sheep and we saw water crossings and we saw all this cool stuff. And it was like, no one cared about it. No one cares about your pace. They don't care. And I love the ones that are like, come run a, a three mile or a, <laughs> a six mile easy run with me. It was seven minute pace. And it's just like. <laughs> Uh, who's freaking... shut up Kachogi <laughs> runs a nine minute on his e easy mile so the <laughs> fastest man in the world or was the fastest man in the world um his easy pace is two minutes slower than yours like hmm, <laughs> i feel like somebody <laughs> needs to do a gut check on that one the math isn't mathing there jonathan <laughs> <laughs> or it's like those 5k training plans and you look at it and it's like a a tempo run every single day or race pace <laughs> training plan. I'm like, you want their race to be over in 18 minutes? Like, <laughs> yeah, they might want to go out there and spend an hour, leave them alone. Like I just, I, when I see those two, it just goes right by. Oh yeah. Those cookie cutter <laughs> training plans. Those are always fun. I like, I like looking at them just to see like how stupid they are. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you get to the marathon. Oh, like, yeah, the marathon. The couch to 100 mile. I've seen that one. That one's fun. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a blast. That, I think I think I'd, you, you spoke about some of your favorite conversations with your clients, like your favorite, uh, how how they should pick, you know, picking a race, going through the pros and cons with them and doing the research. Those are some of my favorite conversations to have. Convincing somebody that that's not real. Yeah. Right? So, like, a person wants to hire a run coach, they're like, but I'm not fast. I'm like, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? But I see this. I, I'm like, and and so and that's and that's the biggest reason why I call out this nonsense because when I see it, I'm like, this is this goes to show me you've never worked with you don't work with real people. You you work with cookie cutter people or you know I don't know. 18 year olds with, with fresh, with fresh legs every morning. I don't know who you work with, <laughs> but I know that you're not working with the general population. And so I can't respect that. <laughs> so I'm going to call it out. And, yeah. um, and, and you're right. There's an, I, it is such annoying content. My husband came into the living room the other day. He goes, why does this, why does this woman <laughs> Why does this woman's account keep on popping up in my algorithm? Are you talking about running too much? And it's that exact content. Get ready with me as I, as I, <laughs> put, uh, I, 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 I black out as soon as I see get ready with me, I black out. I'm dropping one. I'm dropping one tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to tag you in it too. <laughs> I don't have it yet. I'll I'm getting have to do it. threatened throughout this entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I got a cool question that our listeners really want to know. Um, through your many years of experience in running and 
coaching, I guess not necessarily coaching, but um, instructing in the gym um, through treadmill, cycling, weightlifting. What is something that has that's embarrassing that's happened that you're like, oh my gosh, hopefully I'm never telling anybody about this. Well, guess what? You're on the platform today. You're on the podcast and the listeners want to know what's something embarrassing. And trust me, if you have listened to any of our podcasts, you know, we have there's some really embarrassing stories out there, so don't hold back. You're saying as a prof- as a professional, no, what has as a to me? as a marathoner, as a training run, oh. as yeah. <laughs> when I had to use my sock as toilet paper <laughs> at the Chicago Marathon. Oh, at the I marathon. Obviously, at the marathon. At- <laughs> Okay. Marathon. Okay. So did you, uh, we got it. Like, you don't have to go into the details, but we want to know the details. Like, <laughs> so the, there, I, of course, um, my, my fueling plan went out the window because I decided to try something new on race day. Oh yeah. Which <laughs> who doesn't as, as, <laughs> <laughs> generally generally plot twist does not work. <laughs> uh try something new and to the point where my stomach just stopped functioning and I did all the things that you are not supposed to do. I stopped drinking water, I stopped mm. taking in sodium because I had my stomach had reached its point. And as such, I uh I kept running regardless. I I started to feel things. I started to feel things in in my shorts. And I was not stopping though, because I was on my way to a PR and I, and I landed that PR, but I also landed myself sockless in the middle of Chicago (laughs) because somebody had to be cleaned up and that somebody was me. Did you, did your husband have to clean you up or did you have to clean yourself? No, my, my husband was not there. I had to clean myself up. I immediately got to the emergency tent and I was gifted a sweater to wear around my waist because Mm. at that point I was not embarrassed anymore. At that point I was like, I'm now I've passed the finish line, but in order for me to walk proudly through the streets of Chicago to get my Uber, to get close to like a CVS, to get a, to get like food in me and to make sure I was cleaned off, I have to wear something around my waist beyond the heat sheet. Like that's where I was. I was at that point in, in, in whatever passed through me in my shorts. So the kind woman in the tent took the sweater off her, off her body. I'm not, she took it off her and she gifted it to me and I wore it. Um, and I was blessed, but my socks were not. So I had to, <laughs> I had to figure out, uh, it's let, let's just say, uh, bounty wasn't enough. The, the, the toilet paper wasn't enough. <laughs> I needed my, so speaking of that's, that's, this is a plug for Brooks. Um, thank you Brooks for providing a, a sock that is both uh, good for the marathon and also good, uh, <laughs> good when, when you, when you don't expect you need it most. <laughs> You're such a great ambassador. You're over here, like using your Brooks socks to, 
<laughs> to wipe yourself <laughs> Shortly after I got on the team and then I got sent more socks and I decided it was time to, to pass the socks along to the yeah. Carthage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. That is a good that is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> well Yeah, and the only person who knew for an extended period of time was my sister because and and she uh She's so she for as I was getting ready for wine glass, she's talking to my dad on the phone. She goes, A man wearing a diaper this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of support system I have. <laughs> yeah. No, that's best. That's the best. That's a great idea. Like sports diaper. <laughs> I I I know. I know. Uh, and, but that will put the fear of God in you. Uh, I will tell you this year, I have never, uh, trained my gut so well and taken in as many carbs as I could for this marathon and damn, it was worth it. Uh, but I'm not gonna lie to you that whole carb load and leading up to that weekend, this marathon, I was like, man, I will not have a repeat. I will not have to repeat. <laughs> what does a uh, what does a marathon um, typically run per hour carbs? Or what do you the, run the, per the hour? The recommendations. I wouldn't say a typical marathon, but you're. The recommendations are currently thirty. I think it's thirty to sixty grams. I push my athletes to go sixty to. I think now we're starting to see more people at the ninety gram mark, and I have athletes who do up to ninety grams of carbs an hour. Um, so I do. I do sixty. Okay. I do sixty grams and. I am a very salty sweater, so I also uh, am taking in uh, salt tabs yeah. as very frequently. Yeah, so it's interesting that um, you know that's kind of the same in our community. The sixty to ninety is kind of advised, but if you but some of the professionals are taking a lot more. Um, I ran eighty in my last race, um, and nice. and I noticed a huge difference. I've always kind of been a fifty sixty. And I trained my gut to uh, to to accept the higher levels of eighty, um, and then when we're, we're talking eighty out eighty grams an hour for twenty one hours, um, and so yeah, it's yeah that's that's a lot of food, <laughs> and so yeah, um, yeah. So and and I'm right, I'm, and you're not just sitting on your ass taking that all in, you no, know. It's, no, and that, you're and also moving. Pills. Yeah, yeah. That's salt pills, and you know, taking all that stuff into. But I, I would really like to see how I can function at a little bit higher, maybe going to a hundred. So I'm exploring that for my next race in January is going all the way up to a hundred. But it's um, it's tough when you get like, you know, you're getting eight, ten hours in at at eighty, hundred grams of carbs. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm sure so I was that's just, where I was intrigued on, really on in. what you guys. <laughs> no, we have things called side trails. So uh, we just carry toilet paper with us and go in the woods. So you don't have to oh, worry about that. Interesting. And literally everybody does it. So it's not a big thing. I mean. Oh, no, I've gone to the bathroom in all sorts of places. You yeah. don't even tell me. <laughs> well, I, I, I know people that come into the ultra world and they're like, and I was like, hey, I'm going to go take a side trail. And they're like, what? What are you doing? I'm like, uh, what What do you think a side trail is? Like, if I had to pee, I would just stop right here. I don't care. <laughs> so, yeah. 
uh, 80 grams of carbs an hour for 20 hours. Um, yeah, you're definitely taking a side trail. So your body starts to function, but anyway, enough on that. Uh, thanks for your embarrassing story. That was great. <laughs> well, Hey, tell us, uh, now, since we're talking about fueling, uh, tell us a little bit about what kind of gear you use from obviously your shoes all the way up nutrition. I think we kind of have an idea what shoes you're wearing, but yes, 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 yes. So, um, for, uh, my shoe rotation is the Brooks Ghost. They, uh, we were gifted the Ghost Max, which I really like. Um, so I, I run, uh, I run in those. I do my uh, speed workouts, which is really less than one a week. <laughs> I don't. I, I, when I when I say sexy pace, I'm like, I mean, like, is there another way? Let me let me go sexy or let me go home. So. Uh, my Hyperion uh, tempos and now the Hyperion uh, GTS, which comes with a little more stability for, for us folks with the, with the ankles that need it. Uh, so I'm excited to wear those. And then the Hyperion Max is, my, is now my race day shoe. And it's not a carbon-plated shoe. And frankly, if you get enough fuel, you, I don't know that you really need a carbon-plated shoe when, uh, when, when you're feeling strong the whole way. But that's just my own popular opinion. So yeah, they, uh, they, they came out with carbon-plated trail shoes. And I'm like, someone who's going to be on their feet for 30-plus hours does not need a carbon-plated shoe. <laughs> I, that's my personal opinion, too. But I'm like, I'm not spending the extra $200 on a trail shoe with carbon plate in it if I'm going to be uh, almost dead last. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, I, I stand by that as well. So those are, that's on my feet. And, uh, I love, because we have to carry so many gels on us when we fuel properly, the three pocket, uh, for, for the women or those out there who don't mind wearing a bra, the three pocket drive bar, drive, drive bar, drive bra by Brooks has a pocket in the back that holds for me, four gels, and I take the uh, SIS gels, the science and sport. So they're fat. These are big gels. I fit four back there. And then they got side pockets. And then the shorts have pockets. I mean, I had eight gels on me for the marathon. Easy. Um, that was awesome. And the salt tabs. That was great. So I would say head to toe in Brooks. I uh, science and sport for my gel of choice i find that that sits well with me because it uh it's isotonic so it's mixed with water you don't have to necessarily have a water station nearby to take a gel which yeah. i appreciate um salt sticks is my is my salt of choice i take uh post-workout i make sure that my protein shake is uh i like thorn Thorn is a good uh, is a good protein brand. Uh, NSF, so safe for sport. Chocolate is my preferred flavor. Um, I think that's. You wearing a Garmin? Are you a Garmin? Yeah, I'm wearing a Garmin, and I use it for and I use it for time to make sure that um, I'm not out too long if I'm enjoying my sexy face. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Garmin's a real Garmin's real real big like Garmin's big in the ultra world too but Coros is starting to come around I don't know if you've ever heard of a Coros watch but yeah yeah I think I mean 
when this goes to shit, I'm open to, I'm not married to Garmin. Um, I really only, I really only use it for, for the time I'm out and to get a sense of my mileage, but, um, and my heart rate, my heart rate. Um, but yeah, I'd be down to try something else. And I, uh, oh, and I love, um, I wear the, the power beats pro headphones when I'm out. Um, eight hours battery life. I never have to charge that case and uh, can call my mom when I'm out. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. like about, you know, if you're talking about watches, Coros, their watches last forever. You don't have to charge them ever. And so that's, oh, I like that's, that. that's one reason I switched, but um, yeah. Well, Hey, who is, uh, who's someone from your network? It doesn't have to be a runner. It can be anyone, uh, you know, someone from your, your fitness industry or, one of your athletes that has a really cool story. It can be anyone um, that just has an awesome story. Would love to come on the podcast and and tell it. I think I would recommend my physical therapist slash runner. She's also a runner, and she happens to be a coach. Uh, Vicky. Her account is uh, Train Smart, Run Strong. Her philosophy about running, she comes from a, she was a competitive um, track runner, I, I believe in high school and how her relate, she's very open on social media about how her relationship has changed with running um, and, and now, and, and, and her, and her struggle to find the joy in something that was felt much like a punishment throughout her adolescence. And I also let, I, I just nerd out on on the science that she provides her community, uh, the free resources around around pain management and this uh, and us as runners, you know, not being afraid of pain but using it as a signal. And I love that stuff. Yeah. So I think she'd be an awesome addition to to the pod. Cool. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to look her up and get her on. Well, Amanda, thanks for so much to come on. What is going on today, Robbie? Neither one English is not a requirement. Yeah, no, it's not. No. <laughs> Amanda, thank you for coming on the podcast today. <laughs> uh, please let let everyone know where they can find you. Um, I don't know if you have any openings for uh, coaching, but maybe where they can reach out if they someone's looking for a coach. Um, yeah. Just... Yeah. You can find me at uh, on Instagram at Amanda underscore cats with two Z's <laughs> and uh, or my website, Amanda S like Sabrina, AKA the middle name cats.com. I am by the, I, uh, I may be taking one more client for the spring for my, for my runners, but I also provide uh, consults. That's one of, uh, that was a newer service that I, started offering in the beginning of the summer that's become really popular and it's just a pick my brain session and I work with those folks on a monthly basis or as needed so reach out to me let's connect and see how I can support you awesome well Amanda thank you so much for coming on it's great conversation probably not the way that you expected it to go but <laughs> I think that uh, a little bit different platform on it it was it was a lot of fun yeah lots of fun Thank you both.